0: This show was created for you, the broken Catholic who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. We all have the same human struggles, whether you're Methodist, Lutheran, Baptist, Catholic, doesn't matter. We all struggle the same, and we all worship the same Father in heaven. So why not learn from each other? Why not, you know, um, not judge each other. Jesus told us not to, that's for the heavenly father. So I just don't participate in that narrative of the Christian world per se. Um, just that's been going on for 500 years. And I participate in a new narrative of like, Hey, evil spreading everywhere because we're fighting each other instead of fighting it. Yes. And and that's, it's scooping up our kids, our family, look at the state of government. Our Christian rights are like on the line. And it's like, we have power in numbers. There's 140 million of us across all the denominations here in the United States. What would happen if we actually unified with one voice under one God? Yes. The government follows the money. We have the money, but we're all fragmented. <laughs> so anyway, a little rant there.
1: No, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm down for that at 100%. And, and at another time, I'd love to talk to you about your idea of, of the remnant, the remnant church. Uh, it's a new thing that we're doing in our ministry we have formed and this is just a little sideline we'll get right into the program but we have formed the new testament association of church groups and we have a broadcast on the now network just began last week and we are talking about what how god is bringing together his body from all different backgrounds restoring them through the 5 function of apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, for the work of the ministry of the saints, so that the members of the body of Christ become active and contributing and functioning in their roles. They've been relegated to the sidelines by the professionals, and that was never God's intent. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing God call from every background, just like you are, uh, a remnant people who do want to unify, I don't know that we'll get 140 million, but what if we got one million? Exactly, what if we got one million committed to that to that focus and to to that uh, passion, to that com- committed to that goal. Uh, we were just teaching Sunday from the passage where Paul said, Endeavor to operate in the bond of unity until you come into the bond of faith." It's a tremendous insight there that we first walk together and honor one another and love one another and and that's in the light of pursuing our father. And if we're both, if we're all pursuing our father, we will come into the unity of the faith because there's only one faith. There's only one body, right? So I'm tracking with you man. I'm tracking with you and I would love to explore that with you someday.
0: Yeah, sounds good. And, uh, you know, St. Paul fought against this, right? In the early church. The early church fathers Mm -hmm. fought fought against all the divisiveness. Oh, I'm a disciple of Paul. I'm a disciple of Peter. He's like, no, we're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Stop that, right? Stop following all the humans. And it's like, if you look at all the denominations, all these churches are founded by humans. There's only one church founded by Jesus. It's always been. It's still there. Like, let's stop. So anyway, uh, I get off on these rants, you know? Well, I would only say- Got me going, man.
1: I would only say one other thing. I think it's human for us to want to have a hero. I think it's human for us to want to follow.
0: A physical our... a physical king.
1: Yes. We the want Jews
0: him. have the same problem, and that's why they denied Jesus. He didn't look like a physical king.
1: And if I could submit this, I would suggest that it is the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in our life that helps us break that pattern. And bring us into unity with the Father. And sadly, the Holy Spirit isn't talked about nearly enough or understood as a result.
0: I agree. So typically, I would do the introduction in the beginning, but I like some of the content that just came up. So uh, we're going live right now. We are speaking with Pastor Randy Free. And uh, Pastor Free is a bivocational pastor in Fort Worth, Texas. It seems all the cool pastors are in Texas. I don't know (laughs) what it is about that state, where he pastors Cedar Cross Country Church, Cedar Cross Country Church. For over four decades, Randy has been in ministry and in the marketplace, that's the business world, folks, and has enjoyed the blessings of God in both arenas. He's a sought-after international speaker in business conferences, focusing his efforts primarily in Latin countries. He is the author of the One Minute Psalm. He's going to speak about that in a few minutes. Uh, Pastor Randy, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and fill in some of the uh, gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Well, first of all, thank you, Joseph. It's an honor to be with you. I love what you're doing, and uh, I say bravo. We wanted to uh, bring to the fore the idea that God is interested in every aspect of our life. Some people have the concept that God is just my Savior, but there's that other term, Lord, that is quite different from Savior. Lord means He is over and guides every area of our life. And having a propensity to be in business, and I love business, and for many years I didn't understand that God wanted to partner with with me in business just as he partners with me in ministry. So I was confused by that. I struggled greatly with that because God is a blessing God. His first reaction is to bless and we were blessed in both areas because our life was submitted. But the blessing was confusing to me because I felt guilty about my success. I felt like somehow that wasn't a part of God's world. And, uh, and so I would repent of my success. <laughs> I would leave uh, that business and say, okay, God, I'm just going to work for you now. And uh, he would bless me there. And then that urge to go back into business would come. And so it was a cycle. And it wasn't until maybe twenty or more years ago that the Lord opened my eyes to help me see that it's the same Spirit of God that blesses us in every area of our life, and how interested God is in the everyday life that we live—not just the part where we go to church for the hour on Sunday. Uh, His uh, care for us, His plans for us, are seven twenty-four for all of our life. And so that's—I uh, appreciate the opportunity to get to talk about that and. We have spoken in many countries uh, and my passion is, and my calling is to Latin American countries where we have seen the Lord do tremendous things among uh, Christians of all backgrounds and walks, whose faith is turned toward the Lord who will embrace this teaching. In fact, the Bible is full of it. And I wrote a book uh, from the most popular passage of biblical literature, Psalm 23, that was actually written by a businessman named David, the King. (laughs) And so we've helped people to understand God's great desire to partner with them every day. He'll go to the office with you and meet you there Monday morning. And he'll stay till the last hour on Friday evening and strategize with you and and help you be successful. And hey, you'll feel good about it too because you understand that the success you're enjoying comes from the hand of the father because he loves us.
0: Mm. What a powerful shift in our thinking. As business people to not think of your own success and to take credit for it. As if you did it all by yourself, the, the great cliche of self-made. I think the self-made entrepreneur is an illusion. I think it's a myth. There is no one who's self-made. You have a team behind you that you're not giving credit to. You're taking it for yourself. Or you have a God behind you blessing you that you're not giving credit to, that you're taking for yourself. There's no such thing as self-made. So when I hear of self-made success, I hear pride. I hear arrogance, I hear me, I hear self. And by the way, BC Nation, I was that self-made entrepreneur. 19 years old, did $2 million and then just started doing 2 million in every city and with a scalable business model. And I took credit for all of it. And I had a team of 50 people and I won the awards, I got the accolades, I got the pats on the back and I really didn't share that with my team, even though they did the work, (laughs) right? I took the credit. So I challenge you today as Pastor Randy uh, speaks on this marketplace ministry, really bringing God into your business and then letting God leverage your business as a ministry to bring souls closer or back to him, right? That's what it's really about. And can you make money while you're doing that? The answer is yes, absolutely. And Pastor Free is saying that David is a great example of someone that God blessed with wealth, with power, with authority, Daniel didn't bend his knee to any human, but he bent his knee to God. And you could do the same in your business, right, Pastor Randy?
1: Absolutely. And and Joseph, I would uh, even refer back to Jesus, the businessman. You know, he was in business for many, many years before he went into ministry. He is called the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And Jesus said this, I can do nothing of myself. He used that word, self. Well, if, if he can do nothing of himself, I th- and he's my hero, he is my model, I'm his disciple, I'm a perpetual learner and follower of Jesus Christ, then I've also learned to take on that same humility uh, and leave room for God in my life. You've probably heard the cliche about ego and the acronym edging God out or exalting God only. Now that's good to keep in mind. But yes, we can absolutely be successful in business. We can thrive. We can be an example and a light uh, to others. But yet we don't have to take the credit. We can give all the glory to God. Place that focus. By doing that, we help others and perhaps unbelievers even open their eyes to the fact of how much God really wants to be involved in our everyday life. mm
0: You know, I brought up on a previous episode a while back that I have a friend locally here in Tampa that's a billion, uh, he's a billionaire, right? So he does over a billion a year in his business. um, And he is a marketplace minister, right? He uses his business as a vehicle to draw others to God. And even though it's a for-profit real estate development company, he honors God every single morning with an hour of his time. He gives his first fruit of his time to God. And he spends an hour in silence with a pen and paper consulting with the creator of the universe about what to do today. What do you have for me, Father? What do you want? What are your desires? What are you will? Then he goes into his business meetings with that, the authority of God. And he even will not move and make any major business decision until he gets clear um, steps from God, a clear strategy from God. And He's shared this with me. He's held up projects that the company has been working on. He's held it up for months because he's, he was waiting for months for a clear answer from God. And in those months, while they were waiting, God protected their company because they pulled out all their, from all their projects that they were, um, liquid heavy in so they had all their cash and all these different construction projects and god told them pull pull out all from all the projects and they did and his entire team thought he was crazy and he has many atheists working for them and this like this guy's insane man he's listening to god what the heck but he did faithfully and you know in those months that, that was the great recession, the big recession that we had or whatever. And the real estate bubble burst and everything like that. And all his major competitors were stuck in their projects, cash, uh, uh, poor, and they lost everything. And he watched like the majority of his competitors. He said 90% of his competitors went out of business overnight. God did that. God allowed that. And he was spared. And now he was sitting on a, a ton of cash right? Because they had pulled it out and he had all this cash and reserves. And then God said, okay, now after months of not hearing, God said, now go buy up property. Mm-hmm. And he had the cash to do it. And God allowed him to position his business in such a way of favor, mm-hmm. the father's favor on him because he was a surrendered son. So I use him as an example, because this is what you're talking about, right, pastor?
1: It is. Um, in Revelation 1 and 6, the verse there says, we are kings and priests unto him forever. So we have this grace upon us to do business by the power and favor of the Holy Spirit and to also minister to those around us with that same grace. You couple that with the fact that God is the author and the finisher, the alpha and the omega of our faith. What does that mean and why is that relevant to a businessman? It's because God sees how the business is going to finish long before we do. And your friend who goes to the Lord every day and sits with him for an hour in the morning is so wise, because what that is saying to me is a practice that I have, and that is I'm disciplining myself to learn to think with God. I want to know what God's thinking. Uh, Not everything he's thinking, but what is he thinking about my life and his plans for my life and our business and our church? And those that are around me, my family, what are your, What are your thoughts, Dad? I call him affectionately, Dad. And in that hour, he desires to talk to us. Oh, I don't hear his audible voice. I have a couple times, but usually it's that impulse in our spirit. It's that knowing that comes into our spiritual knower by which he communicates to us. And he shares with us insights that we do not have the foresight to see, but he does. And so... It's a a great testimony of your friend, but it isn't surprising to those of us who know of God's desire to walk with us uh, and bless us and preserve. See, the blessing that we pray at the end of our service, now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you, so forth. God is a good keeper. And, And so I'm saying that because God gives you the power to get wealth, you accumulate it, but then... His strategy is what allows us to keep that blessing so that we can continually be a fountain of blessing to others, because I believe that's why God makes us successful at the end of the day. He gives us power to get wealth so that his covenant might be established. So I agree with you wholeheartedly that that daily beginning our day, thinking with the father, this is a new term in my life, Joseph, thinking with God. He said, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts, but that doesn't mean we can't know them. It just says we have to submit our life to him and say, okay, dad, I know you created me and I'm in your image and I'm in your likeness, but I need you to talk to me. I I need your strategy. And he'll flat give it to us.
0: (laughs) Mm. So good. And I want to bring this into the conversation, BC nation, that we're not speaking about prosperity gospel when we speak about marketplace ministry, we are submitting to God's authority over our lives. Now for some of us, God may bless us with financial favor. And for others of us that may not be in the plan and we must be willing to accept that God's ways are higher than our ways and they're better. And for some of us, financial favor could ruin us, could ruin our soul. And God would never bless one of his children with physical blessings that would lead them to spiritual damnation. That wouldn't be a good father. No. So I do want to bring that into the conversation so that everyone listening is not thinking, oh, well, if I just put my business here and I focus on God, then man, the money's going to just start rolling in. No, not necessarily. Now God's peace, love, and joy will start ro- rolling into your life. That's his treasure. And you'll, you'll accumulate treasure in heaven for eternity for sure. But you may not see the Benjamins <laughs> as fast as you would like to. Amen. And, and Randy, I've seen this in my own life. I've seen God bless some businesses and then others were just a struggle. And like I could tell you right now in my coaching business, this is the business I have the most dedicated to him and I've submitted fully to him and surrendered fully to him. The others I was pretending I was, but I actually was holding some parts for myself. Oh. Never done that. Oh. <laughs> and this one I am fully submitted, but I'm not doing financially as much as some previous businesses. Why is that, do you think? And I'm not asking personally in my life why is that. I'm asking, why do you think that Is so. Why do you think that in a person's life, when they finally surrender fully to God, they may experience less financial blessing than before when they were still uh, resisting God's plan for their life?
1: Well, that is a tremendous question, Joseph, and I wouldn't pretend to be spiritual or smart enough, either one, to maybe accurately answer that. But here's how I would approach uh, talking about this. My definition of prosperity, and let me thank you for bringing this prosperity term up in our conversation. Because it's in the minds of our audience, for sure. Uh, my definition of prosperity is simply having enough to complete God's assignment for your life. Now, in the that kingdom, changes everything. That <laughs> definition. And see, I believe in the kingdom, we operate off of assignments that have a beginning and an ending. There are seasons, right? So for this season that I am in, I'm submitted to God. My business is submitted to him. My life and family were were submitted across the board, and I have an assignment. God has a covenant that where he guides, he provides, and he will never let us be put to shame or embarrassed, but he will supply what we need for this assignment. Now, let's look at uh, it on the church side of things. Franklin Graham, look at what an amazing assignment this man has and as a result of his assignment his budget has to match his assignment and so the inflow of favor and blessing and and uh, finance is equal to his assignment my assignment is not in that field it is not on that level and so i don't have the income our ministry does not have the income because we do not have the assignment but who knows what the future holds for us okay So I think it's really important for people to be at peace with their assignment. And as a result, the finances and their peace with that kind of backs into
0: that, if you will. I'm thinking of our Heavenly Father as a good father. And when we were children, some of us were raised in a generation where you got an allowance for mom and dad, right? (laughs) And when you're saying that, like, depending on the size of the assignment God gives you is the size of the budget or the allowance that your father gives you, provides for you. So that, that, that does clean it up. I know for me personally, the way you presented that is that prosperity is God taking care of all your needs for the task at hand that he's given you. Prosperity does not mean what the world and, and unfortunately some Christian uh, preachers have portrayed it as, as abundant excess. Um, Almost selfish greed Right Mega million dollar homes, boats Jets Like this is not What prosperity looks like Now can God do that? Yes, God can Has God done that? Biblically, yes he has Solomon, David, right, there's great kings With great wealth there But those are outliers, they were not the everyday people But us everyday people We want that, don't we? Yes We want the wealth of David (laughs) (laughs) Right? So what do we do with that desire in our heart where it's God, why not me? Why don't you bless me? I see you blessing all these people around me financially. Why not me? What do you want to say to that pastor?
1: Well, Joseph, let's go back to a verse that I mentioned early earlier today uh, from Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18, a verse that many people who operate in the prosperity realm will use. And I want to unpack that just a little bit. And it says that it is God who gives us the power to get wealth so that his covenant might be established. That statement is completely balanced. That is a perfect statement regarding prosperity. The key to it is the so that. What is your so that? And to the degree and the magnitude that we can think with God, know the plans of God, get the vision of God for our life, And as Jabez prayed, Lord, increase my territory. He was a businessman as well. Lord, increase our influence, our sphere of influence. See, when we pray that prayer, that opens the pipeline on the other end, because God intends for us to be a conduit of blessing, not a reservoir. And just between you and I, Joseph, I would say that as an observation, the reason the prosperity gospel has taken such a, uh, a hit and, and a bad name is because you see reservoirs versus conduits. And there's nothing wrong with amassing some things. I, I don't suppose there's anything wrong with that, but it has to be in comparison to your vision. It has to be in comparison to your vision. What is your so that God gives you the power to get wealth? That's a given. But the restrictor is, what is your so that his covenant can be established, his covenant can be established, his kingdom can come. And I think that this is where we need to help our brothers and sisters to open their hearts, open their eyes, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to them, Father, what could you do through me? How many people can we have influence with? Can we bless? Can we bring healing? Can we bring the knowledge of the gospel to how far can we establish your kingdom within our sphere of influence? And when God can enlarge our vision, he can enlarge our flow. If that makes sense.
0: That made sense. You know, it's interesting because when you said uh, we're meant to be conduits, not spiritual reservoirs, I actually teach you in my coaching something different. But the more I listened to what you were saying, we're both in agreement. What I heard you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is we're not meant to be uh, these reservoirs storing up for ourself there you go right and that's the difference that's the distinction there, there now goes. in my coaching i teach we are not meant to be uh supply pipes or conduits that run empty leaving nothing for ourselves because we're actually not going back to the father to get refreshed rather we're meant to be spirit spiritual reservoirs first tapping into god spending that hour a day in the morning with him getting filled up by him so that it's a top-down, inside-out approach, which is what I use for my coaching, so that we can now overflow like a reservoir. We have more than enough of God, of his love, peace, joy for ourselves first, so that we pour now into the lives of others. But I think when we become a spiritual reservoir that has dams blocking, then we become stagnant water. And stagnant water, there's no life in it. It dies. It stinks, right? And there's so many people that we see that with. So That I just wanted to add that to that. A spiritual reservoir, pouring God's life, giving water into the lives of others. Do you agree with that?
1: I absolutely agree with it. He is living water. What is the difference in living water and a well of water? Jesus explained it to the woman at the well. The living water satisfies. Any other water does not quench our thirst. So... I love what you teach Joseph it is it's your people that uh, that you're coaching are so blessed to have your insight your guidance I'm total agreement you're right we are saying the same thing Uh, that must come first the living water and then we release that and he replenishes it that ought to be on a daily basis don't you agree
0: I agree completely And BC Nation I just want to bring this into the conversation real quick and then we're going to wrap up uh, the show here so many times I see in the Christian space, right, regardless of denomination, I see it across all denominations, and I get to interview a lot of <laughs> cross-denominational leaders, influencers, and what I see is uh, a discipling process of getting lit up by the Holy Spirit when they get saved. The average Christian gets saved. They have that moment of that come-to-Jesus altar call, they get saved, and then they get so filled with the Holy Spirit that all they want to do is go out like the apostles and prophesy and, and heal and right and, and disciple and evangelize. However, what they forget to do is to go sit with the Father and spend time with the Father and let the Father first disciple them. Yes. To fill them up first so that they become a spiritual reservoir that now can overflow into the lives of others and not run dry. Like a well. Yeah. And and this is the mistake I see so often. I used to do it myself. And I would wonder why I was exhausted. I would help a few people and then I'd feel exhausted. Yeah. I feel depleted. Why? Because I ran out of self. Because I actually wasn't plugged into heaven. <laughs> That's so good. Like seriously. Like that would that would and I see it all the time. Speak to that if you would about allowing God to first disciple us. And then giving us the go sign. Now go disciple all nations rather than I feel the Holy spirit. I feel the energy, but I haven't sat in the desert for 40 days with the father like Jesus did, but I want to run out there and now tell people how they should change their lives. Speak to that pastor.
1: In the third chapter of my book, the one minute Psalm, which if I could put a little plug in, you can find it on Amazon. It's available. The third chapter talks about where David says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. This is a powerful, high achieving, high energy, unmatched warrior. And he, I'm not, he wasn't uh, making a a play on words when he said he makes me. I'm sure he had to make David lie down, unplug. And here's what I said in, in my book. It's so important that we be unplugged for that time of discipling, of being refilled, refocused, uh, replenished, whatever, however long it takes. It can take, sometimes it can only be a couple, it could be a moment or it could be an entire day, but the fruit of it can impact you for a lifetime. He never intended for us to minister out of empty vessels. He always intended for us to minister and do business out of the overflow. It's hard to go off the spiritual rails when you are overflowing with the spirit of God, with the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. So before we go take on the world, let's go take on Jesus. Let's go be filled with his spirit. Let's be filled with his wisdom as your friend would sit with the Lord and, and be strategized for all of his business meetings throughout the day. The Lord was downloading with him, showing him each step to take. Uh, we are no different than your friend. Uh, he wants to give us the same thing. The problem is we don't prioritize refreshing and restoring and time out as we should. There was a reason for a Sabbath. That reason is still in effect.
0: BC Nation, you heard it from Pastor Randy Free. He's telling you to lie down in green pastures with God, to take time to rest, to be with, to be in his presence. I define relationship as time spent with another. If you're not spending time with God, if you're not spending time, like actual time in your calendar blocked out with God, are you really in relationship with him? Or are you just claiming to be, pretending to be, going through the motions of it, checking the box on Sunday. Like these are real questions and I'm not judging. I'm saying you got to challenge yourself with real questions. I've done it. And I realized I was a fraud. I was a bipolar Christian. I showed up on Sunday. I nodded with the pastor. I agree. I believe I did all that. And then on Monday, I went and killed it and crushed it and get out of my way. And I left God out of my business. That's bipolar. That's bipolar. God wants us to be aligned, aligned with him, bring him into it, every part of our life as pastor kicked off this conversation. He wants to be in your marriage. He wants to be in your parenting. He wants to be in your business. And he definitely wants to be part of your morning routine. So if he's not sit with him this week, and here's your homework assignment this week, BC nation is sit with God. Now, so many people ask me, Joseph, can I just do 10 minutes? Because I can't really squeeze in any more than 10 minutes in my day. Sure, you can. But take that up with God, not with me. God, I only have 10 minutes to squeeze you into my life. How does that sound when you say it out loud? (laughs)
1: Like
0: it really tells you where your priorities are. Yes. God's waiting for you to say, Father, here's an hour of my morning. I don't know where to fit it, but I commit to it. Open up my calendar. And I'll spend 60 minutes every morning with you, but I need you to open it up because I made such a mess in my calendar. <laughs> like that's your, that's your homework this week. Have a real prayer with your heavenly father. Father, open up my calendar and make room for me to spend time with you in the morning. I desire a relationship with you. I want you to fill me up every day and then give me the plan for the day. Give me the strategies for the day to bring into my business. And I will obey in the name of Jesus. All right. We're speaking with Pastor Randy Free. Pastor, how does, uh, well, before we go there, um, we're about to go into my favorite part of the show. And before we go there, I want to say BC Nation, if anything I said resonated with you and you're a high-performing business owner, you're a high-performing Christian entrepreneur, and you're just killing it in your business. Kudos to you. Pat on the back. Well done. Fantastic. But if you're going home and dreading walking in the door because you're in a broken marriage, you just don't know how to communicate with your spouse anymore. You've fallen out of love, out of communication. You're two separate people living two separate lives under one roof, trying to raise these little humans. But you're not connected like you were when you first fell in love. And you want her back or you want him back. You're beloved then jump on a warm-up call with me and I'll help you with that relationship. That's what I do. I don't do the work. I give you the access. God will come into any broken relationship in your life, your spouse, your kids, your mom, your dad, your sisters, your brothers, any single one of them and heal it all up and restore that relationship. So if you want that relationship back, you know the one, the one you've been ignoring, the one you've been staying away from, but deep down it hurts you because you used to be close with them. If you want that person back in your life, God wants to give you that person back in your life. God doesn't want you dying with broken relationships and unforgiveness in your relationships. We all are gonna have to answer for that. So why not get that cleaned up now? Go to josephwarren.net. I'll help you with it. Contestor Randy Free, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quickfire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. What's your favorite thing about God? His love. What's your least favorite thing about God? His
1: love. <laughs> How do you mean? He loves us when we don't deserve it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we feel guilt and shame about <laughs> it. Guilty Stop guilty. loving me. That makes yeah. me want to have to do it for someone else. Um, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. What are you struggling with either professionally or personally right now?
1: Just continual surrender. My flesh wants to rise up. It's continual surrender,
0: man. You just nailed it. I teach the surrender principle. I coined and trademarked that in my coaching. It's all about surrender and surrendering our little control freak that wants to be God in our own life. Uh, what are you most afraid of?
1: Not fulfilling everything God intended for my life to manifest and be.
0: Well, I guess you better surrender then, huh? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Worrying. Worrying. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Wow. It's kind of hard because I don't operate much in fear.
0: Uh, Ask the question again. What secret fear do you have about people kind of how you show up with them? They show up with you. What secret fear do you have? That they might not see Jesus in me. Yep. I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? I wish I had learned how
1: much he wanted to be involved in every aspect of my life. Not just the Sunday hour.
0: For sure. What's a new habit you want to create in your life? Surrender. (laughs) Well, you're speaking with a guy who coaches that. That's my expertise. What's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, Selfishness. Hmm. Pick three words to describe who you are now. I am free. I am free. Pick three words to describe who you were before you invited God into your business. I was confused. I was confused. (laughs) And last question, if you could come back to life after you died... And I'm not preaching reincarnation. It's just a fun question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything. What would you say to them?
1: I would say to them, make sure that you answer the Jesus question in your life. Make sure that you answer his call.
0: Amen. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a real relationship with God versus not.
1: After David said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Then he said, he restores my soul. And here's what I would want to say to anyone who is listening. God is a restoring God. There is nothing, no situation, no relationship that he cannot restore. There's no wound that he cannot restore healing to. He is a restoring God. All you have to do is ask He stands at the door and knocks. Our job is simple, open. Just open ourselves to him. He wants to and longs to restore us into his image and into his likeness.
0: Amen to that. BC Nation, if the world has broken you down, God wants to build you back up. Perfect. You have to go spend time with him. There's no other way. Stop complaining your life's not working if you're not sitting with your creator. It's not his fault. It's your choice. Pastor, how does uh, BC nation get in touch with you? How do they get your book? What do you got?
1: Our website is cccountrychurch.com cccountrychurch.com. You can find our book on Amazon Kindle. Uh, They can also contact me at pastor Randy F at gmail.com pastor Randy F at gmail.com.
0: Okay. So it's cccountrychurch.com. Yes. So that's three C's in a row. It is. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Typically, I have a website, but uh, I didn't have it on this one. So I acknowledge that. Pastor Randy Free, thank you for the conversation you had today. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for showing your heart. Thank you for showing your struggles. We really connected with you here today. Thank you for being uh, an advocate um, for God. And um, I know through our conversation today, God is going to transform the life of one of our listeners somewhere on planet Earth. BC nation. Is it your life? God's waiting to transform. All you have to do is say, God, come on in, take over. I've been doing a piss poor job myself. (laughs) I know you can do better. Come take over, take over my life, take over my business. I want you. All right. Pastor Randy free. I wish you God's love, peace and joy in your life, sir.
1: Thank you so much, Joseph. It was a pleasure to be with you and we speak God's greatest blessings upon you and your ministry uh,
0: efforts. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000 because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness, so stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.